you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the NFL Podcast will be the next team featured on Hard Knocks. From the Chris Wessling Podcast Studio, it's Around the NFL. I'm Dan Hansis. Heroes here. Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler, right before we started. Greg asking about the meaning of love and life through the lyrics of Irish singer-songwriter Hosier. Yeah, it was a great conversation we had with Greg. I think that one we... of many uh, celebrities on hand. I, I missed the end of the Sunday <laughs> night show to go to Bono of U2's like one-man show slash concert. Brad Pitt was right in my orbit. Oh, your well, Brad Pitt, Mark. Yeah. I mean, you know, I felt it... I felt guilty because that's your crush. That's your one true like free pass, get out of jail free celebrity. And what am I doing right next to him? Looking handsome as hell, by the way. Well, I mean, I got to, uh, you know, dish on the fading Justin Herbert Chargers offense <laughs> who uh, faded away against the Niners. So I don't, I think we know who won that. It's like, yeah, we, we by try the way, to get Mark upset about not having his guy. You know, the processing right. has not returned. Slow. He doesn't really seem to care that much. Because Brad Pitt is his guy. That's got to bother him. By the way, if you're watching this on the YouTube channel, why did Greg and I showed up in sort of black overcoats um, with dark undershirts, and we look like yeah. a pair of like low They're quite grade different though. They're you know what different. it looks like? It's like, like low different. grade robbers and next I, to yeah. Dan, who probably's running the the heist. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a nice new suit. Is that the yes. custom made suit? Yes, I look like wow. a um, a TV sh- game show host, <laughs> and you guys look like the guys behind the scenes that run around and set things up. We're the, the gaffers. Grips. We're the, the grips. grips. The gaffers. Uh, it's, it's which is kind of a cool setup that I think maybe we should stick with going <laughs> oh, forward. Okay, great. I don't Perfect. mind it. Um, good show. How exciting That's is this? That's the new suit, though, right? That's the NFL-provided it. suit. It's a first, and it's a big step in our Here's the problem. status yeah. at this company. And it is. It's. I mean, who are we to complain about anything? I mean, no, we're we so, should not complain we're about fortunate. that. Do it. We're fortunate for everything we have yes. at this company. They give us this platform, and they pay us to do it. And yet, when they gave us a suit, they misspelled my last name. Ooh. Which puts oh. H A Z U S. Oh no, Dan Jesus. Oh no, and I wonder, Jesus. Jesus uh, I wonder. What's your new nickname. I was like, should I tell them? No. Well, you've what told. You just now? told them. No. You've essentially just told everyone. Jesus. Maybe I could go into the stable of nicknames. How, I didn't even uh, know our names are in there. I gotta check that out. If I get if I get fifty percent, G, you oh, better no, you better you, believe I'm telling her. That's your brand. Nobody messes with Greg's brand. One to ten, how steamed were you to find out that your name is misspelled inside this tailored suit? Um, I was <laughs> perturbed, mildly perturbed. I'd put it at a six. But seven is when I would definitely tell somebody. So it's like... Oh, you're mm. on the borderline. It is kind of a perfect Hansis uh, storyline here because it's like we, we have... Mm-hmm. 
grown at this company. We we love our roles, but I, I think there's still part of that newsroom Dan in there that's like, oh, they don't still respect us. You like, need that. Like, like the, the top, that the edge, and that's like a if good example. The second, a the second, yeah, not all of us came into the company with a silver spoon in our mouth oh, like please. Rosenthal. Yeah. Some of us, like Mark and I, had to work our way up the ranks and come from nothing. Right, from three days a week making what a high schooler would make working at a fast food outery. And you know what, Mark? The second newsroom Mark and newsroom Dan exit the picture, this whole thing is done. It, it crumbles. You need those guys. It, those guys are gone. <laughs> As I wear my tailored suit, <laughs> my fancy little misspelled name. Um, all right, let's get into it. I'm excited for today's show. I truly am because Mark Sanchez will be joining us. Uh, the Fox color man, former Jets quarterback, amongst other teams. Here's a quiz. Mark with a K. Yeah, to test your, we always say it now, a little bit of navel-gazing the ATN era to t- 2013 to present. Name, without looking it up, name every team that Mark Sanchez played for in his eight-year career. Jets, Eagles. Ding, ding. Was he on the Bears briefly? All NFC East. Everywhere oh, but okay. the Giants he played. And the Jets. Wow, right, okay. It sort of felt like a Bears quarterback. Yeah. I don't recall the Washington portion of his yeah, career. Now, now I remember he sort of came out of uh, – Retirement, basically, for that Washington. What run. a moment! What a moment! Exciting. We will not be asking him, Mark Sanchez, about his Washington Redskins days, but we will get to all the other uh, things around Sanchez, who's been one of our favorite uh, aspects of the um, broadcasting world in the NFL this season. In fact, we're also going to get into our favorite Sunday broadcasters uh, of the season. Um, we're also going to preview a very good Thursday night football game. Thankfully, not only did the Packers come back and take a lock from you guys, hmm. um, which was nice, they also made this Thursday night game way more compelling uh, by getting off the mat against Dallas. So we got Tennessee at Green Bay. We'll talk about that. But before that, let's get caught up on all the news. Hit it, Justin. Wow, he almost got his head taken off. Jesus Christ. He got really lucky there. <laughs> He did it again. Jonathan Vilma, speaking of color commentators, who we like, Justin, he's, he's dropping JC every game. You have to imagine when he screamed it uh, during the Atlanta game, there had to be somebody that came up to him and be like, hey, just tighten it up with that. Uh, I think we're the only people that noticed. No, you Kenny know why? Albert liked it. You know why I know that? Because Andrew Siciliano, uh, Mr. Red Zone himself, right? Mm. He, he uh, said to me, we were talking commentators in the newsroom before we came on today, and uh, he said, oh, did you hear what he said, Jonathan Vilma uh, said? Mm-hmm. People are streets I talking. think it's no, I think it's out there. And I think it leaves Kenny Albert in a strange place with some of his comments, and I enjoy that <laughs> quite a bit. All right, let's get into the news. We'll start with you know, the, one of the real disappointments of the NFL season is the defending champion Los Angeles Rams who are going down in flames, it feels like. And now, on top of it, they lose arguably their best player, certainly on offense. The Rams place Cooper Cup on injured reserve with uh, what's been labeled a high ankle sprain. But it's a high ankle sprain that's serious enough that he's going to have surgery scheduled for Wednesday. And you do the math. What is their record? They're three and six? Three and six. Three and six. You know, if best case scenario, you figure the Rams without Cup are, are getting out of the next four games, you know, and that 
you know, uh, what? They get maybe two wins. By the time he's even eligible to come back, if he's feeling good enough to come back, you wonder if they'll just keep him where he is and see you next September. I mean, that might just be the wise move at this point. I mean, you think about the Bucks game, for instance. What was the only big play the Rams had? It was Cooper Cup. You look at their their stats over the season. Cooper Cup is essentially all they have on offense. They, they already couldn't run the ball. I mean, Allen Robinson has been a vast disappointment after all these summertime ballyhooed uh, commentary about how great he fit in the offense. It's just never been the case. So is he going to step up? There's no evidence that's the case. Matthew Stafford is still in concussion protocol. Yeah. And I, an I, think, I, I start to wonder what you do with Matthew Stafford in this season if it continues to spiral down the drain. Well, you, you play him if he's healthy enough to play. But I found it very odd when reporters asked Sean McVay if Stafford suffered a concussion and he didn't give a straight answer. And he said, well, we hope to have more clarity on that this afternoon. Hmm. He's been in the protocol for a week. So he's just not answering the question. And I can't think of any motivation not to answer that question. So I'm not going to speculate, but it's just strange. He was added late week and, and this cup injury is, uh, is so disappointing because they're the worst offense in the league EPA per play. The Rams. And you can't say that's on John Wolford because they were the same and offense you know with, with yeah. Matthew Stafford. It's not just on Allen Robinson either. No, this right. has been a team-wide a meltdown. Yeah. Quarterback, offensive line, scheme, personnel. Coach. And normally you would think in this spot, well, the Rams, Coach. this season is lost. And, yeah, you, you let Cup get healthy. Probably don't bring him back. Stafford's on the – the list. Make sure you, you absolutely prioritize his health over everything else. And if you happen to get a high draft pick, you know, uh, out of it, a higher draft pick. I mean, pick, they great. sold all the draft picks. But they don't have the draft yeah. pick. It's the Detroit Lions, the team Yay! of ATL. And we're not going to sing the whole song right now. Right. It almost yeah. feels but wrong now whoa. looking at like the Cooper Cup injury news and celebrating. But the whoa. Rams kick, pick, I would guess, will be higher in the draft than the Lions pick. If I had to pick which team's going to win more games, they both have three wins so far. I think the Lions will win more games the rest of the season. Someone had a, a tweet last week uh, after another disappointing Rams game where they said <laughs> the Rams bought their Super Bowl title on credit and now the bill has come due. Certainly kind of feels that way. And I think if you were the Lions, hmm. if you were managing your expectations for the draft picks you're going to get from the Rams, you'd be safely thinking, you know, five or six towards the bottom of the of the whole draft list. Instead, it could be could be reversed. That is a massive fortune. For and Detroit. it's a better quarterback draft. They're going to have two picks, you know, towards the top. It is, uh, it is great news for them. And I think in, when you mentioned credit, I think the Rams have really been hurt by the injuries this year. But that's part of the credit. They were one of the least injured teams in the NFL. That's just happen to happen that helps teams win Super mm -hmm. Bowls all the time and they got a little fortunate there and they've gotten yeah. all the bad fortune that they can get this year. Well, that was, said, would you rather be the Panthers? Like, oh, we didn't sell anything on credit, blah, blah, blah. No, no, like, no. And we're, we're buried in, no. like, in, in the They can return strong. Like, it yeah. doesn't mean it has to be a multi-year thing. No. But for this year, they're done. But yeah, that, it does seem that way that they are done. Also done are the Raiders. The Raiders are... I mean, if you're going to make a list of the most disappointing teams in football, Raiders, Rams list. could be one, two, potentially. I mean, it's it's that bad. The Raiders um, spent big and paid big price to get Devontae Adams, which at the time was painted as like a final piece of the puzzle type situation for a team that was ready to contend for the AFC West title. Instead, they're two and seven. Mark Davis, the owner, spoke to Paul Gutierrez of ESPN and uh, – 
dismissed any questions about Josh McDaniel's job security. Davis said Rome was not built in a day. He also said this. People in today's world want instant gratification. The coaches, the guys coached nine games, were two and seven. Not the results we're looking for, but at the same time, we've lost six one-score games with the ball and a chance to win at the end. My issue with this, Mark Sessler, when you say Rome was not built in a day, you make it sound like you are a team that's building from the ground up like the Lions or the Texans or so many other teams that are just trying to start over. That was not what the baseline was. This was a 10-win team that went to the playoffs last year. There's got to be some ownership about how truly bad this season has been. Yeah, I mean, I think... Ownership from ownership. Ownership from ownership. Like, (laughs) you want to give, I think, a new GM and coaching staff, by year three, the vision should have arrived. You should be real close, especially with the Raiders, who were already a playoff team. So it should have been even sooner. I think the Raiders are a different team, though, than some of these super money-rich operations where you could fire a coach after one season and pay him for the next three or four. I just think that's a little bit of a different thing. And and if if you're Mark Davis... Maybe, you know, you're having all these chats with Josh McDaniels behind the scene. Maybe you do buy in more than the fans are buying in right now to what he says they can do. Mark Davis said to the to this media member, I think he's doing a fantastic job. Which is, which is um, protest too much Strong. because the yes. GM just said that a week ago. And it's like, well, none of us see it. Right. They, and they asked him, like, why, why would you do that? He's like, why, why wouldn't I be keeping him? <laughs> I guess I appreciate John Mark Gruden's Davis loving this somewhere, recognizing by the way. that. Look, it's his decision. Anytime you fire a coach after the first year, owners should be embarrassed because it's them taking a huge L. Urban Meyer is that hire is completely on Jaguars' ownership. Like Urban Meyer took all the heat, but ownership deserves it more. They've had, they've been so close to the Raiders that I don't think it's crazy to try to see this out for a, a year or two. But now the speculation has already started. Okay, well, where, who does take the axe? And there's an article, Tayshawn Reed in the, the Athletic, who's wondering, is it going to be Derek Carr who ultimately gets the blame? Because whether it's Derek Carr's fault or not, and overall it's not his fault, he and Josh McDaniels are not a good match so far. He's having his worst year, I would say, since 2017, which was the the year after he suffered that injury, where he really came back to earth, and and this is his he's a veteran quarterback who's having his worst year in five years. If I wanted to make an argument for the Raiders and what maybe Josh McDaniels is saying behind the scenes, outside of that no show in New Orleans, every one of their losses have been one score games. The other six, I mean, I, I, I'm not saying they look close, so they are close. Um, but Derek Carr's contract, to your point, you can get out of that without problems after this season. And that's why I think it was constructed as such. You can get a pick, a nice pick for Derek Carr. I was going to say, can't you, you don't have to squint too much to imagine a scenario where the Derek Carr is traded in the offseason. He is the uh, goat that gets sacrificed for this. They draft a young quarterback. The team is struggling again next year. And then all of a sudden, Devontae Adams is being moved at the deadline. And this team is blowing things up. Mm. I, I think it might be closer to that than this team quickly turning things around. I, I'm glad you brought up the deadline. And, and that would that would be interesting. I think your Jets might be interested in a guy like Derek Carr. Oh, been, it's, it's you, on my radar. Yeah. You've, you've yep. been talking about I think that. this next couple of months is very interesting would and you important be? for the quarterback there. Would you be interested yeah, in Derek I would. Carr? I think Derek mm-hmm. Carr, I don't think he is a, um, a top-flight player, but I think Derek Carr is exactly the type of guy that would stabilize a position. And if you're not looking for a guy to be your savior, you're just looking for a good, steady quarterback, 
They could I, win some playoff I, games I right now a, with Derek Carr. Yep. I think he's a good pick for that. I'm glad you brought up the deadline, though. I was uh, texting with Ian Rapport. I know you're concerned. You were concerned about our friendship. Um, I was more than concerned. I thought it, it was over. You're, did you, you know, say friendship? Things, you're not things, friends. Things yeah, go up and down. I don't know your relationship. Friendship, but yeah. You know, yeah. We, we were uh, texting, still. though. And I, I, it's really a, a strong any take personal, of mine. Any personal like back and forth, or is it all football? It's mostly football. What is the percentage of times that Ian starts the text thread? <laughs> Ooh, that's a good <laughs> that's question. That's an amazing Probably question. not many. Probably not many. That, but, uh, that's telling. There. Yeah. There. But go ahead. I would – you know, it depends. It's changed over <laughs> Mark, depending on the time Mark, with a great question. One of those all-timers. That's well, why I, he's a true I, journalist. I was, cur- I was simply curious asking the question that it's, I'm I think it says a lot, to. but yeah, yeah, go ahead. Trade he's deadline. a top 10 football insider. <laughs> <laughs> Trade deadline needs to be moved back two weeks. Do you know what a difference two weeks would make or three weeks? What would change? Do you know how many teams that weren't selling at the deadline two weeks ago that yeah. would be selling up until next week? The Raiders I would throw in there. The Saints, I heard some word that they weren't mm. willing to move off of Marcus Davenport. You think they would like some picks for Marcus Davenport right yes. now? The, every other sport does it about two-thirds or what three-fifths the into the season. against it? I don't know. And and what Ian said was like, oh, yeah, GMs. It's happening. People are all – I don't know if it's happening. I They wish, but that's like GMs wish it was happening, and they've wanted this to happen maybe for a while. So maybe it's not it's going happening. to happen, but they think it's going to happen. In the next happen. two years, it's happening. Okay. I think because Let's it's become, it it's become yeah. another tentpole event. Uh, in other news, more disappointing teams, the Carolina Panthers. They're disappointed that the Baker Mayfield uh, move did not work out for them. He played poorly. He got hurt. Uh, P.J. Walker assumed the starting job, did okay on balance. Okay is a little strong, but we're being nice here. But now he has a high ankle sprain. He is out for week 11 against the Ravens. So it's Baker back in the lineup in what I think, Mark, um, your boy from the Cleveland days is a very important opportunity for Baker to audition himself in the league, in our league, in our league that might see him as a little bit of um, not worth the trouble. He's, I think he's got to perform a little bit uh, this year to – not going to say keep himself in the league, but maybe I kind of am saying that. I mean, Ooh. I could see him – I, I think his starting days, unless a team was yeah, really scrambled, we're, we're yeah. done with that. Um, the same goes for Sam Darnold, who's Sam sitting behind Darnold. him in the lineup at this point. Uh, I think you're you're trying to convince a team to bring you in as a backup, and I do think he's he would definitely get a backup job. I I absolutely yeah no he would. I mean so it's not just about the skill with Baker. There it isn't. But if you're the backup and you're and you're not the one going to the podium weekly, it, I think you remove a lot of that nonsense that you're referring to out of the mist. This is the this is the transition year where he's having to get used to where he is in the league, that he was healthy and watching P.J. Walker play. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that will change his mindset somewhat, and he'll have to be realistic. Kind of like Cam Newton went through the process, just thinking Panthers quarterbacks of like, okay, this is going to be a different part of my career. He's still young, and there's a lot of teams that loved him coming out, so he's going to get backup opportunities. And But I agree with you. He needs to look better. I do, I do think some of the reason that they stuck with P.J., I mean, the run game was great with him just sort of throwing the ball a lot less was that Baker's escalators in his contract. Right. I think that's part I think of it. Just Walker, part of it. I think and Baker PJ Walker, to be clear, would almost certainly still be starting if he wasn't Yeah, I think uh, Wilkes was ready to roll with him. And, and Baker's hadn't lost the argument to be the starter. Uh, in injury news, other injury news, Rap Sheet reports that Zach Ertz is done for the year. The tight end has a knee injury. Um, so he is most likely 
uh, not going to be seen again. We'll see if, if his time with Arizona is over. Uh, Shaq Leonard, the Colts linebacker, who's been banged up, I feel like all the time the last couple of years, but this uh, this back issue is leading to surgery, and his time uh, in 2022 is done on the field. Also, Eagles tight end Dallas Goddard uh, will miss extended time with a shoulder injury. You saw it on a big hit he took on Monday Night Football, the first loss of the season for the Eagles. Check out Greggy Rosenthal. And the man they call four verticals or four verts breaking down uh, that Monday night football game. Certainly a memorable one. So Goddard missing extended time, I think. Did he, he didn't get hurt on the face mask play, right? Yeah, uh, that's the, what he was lying oh down after. That's right. That, that was an absurd. So like, much happened call. in that yeah. game that that that. I forget that you were so wrapped up in the call that that's a that's a costly injury for them, but it doesn't sound like it's going to be season ending. Might go on IR though. I find like extended time has become code for IR. Just they haven't done the official transaction. Are you guys okay with Olzuser tugboat Jesus um, keeping the Eagles atop the power rankings? Do you think they should have dropped for that? Of course, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I'm okay with it. I don't take, I mean, I don't okay take is too the, much away from last night's game. Okay is like, is that a crazy opinion? If I was doing a power rankings, I would probably put the Chiefs first. Okay. But I probably would have the well, Eagles. Not the no, no. So, the I mean, number one, according it's your to power Dan rankings. Hansis power rankings today. <laughs> I think you Quiet could make an rankings. argument for any of the top four, or at least who I'm guessing are the top four. Yeah, yeah, I don't think like last night was like the antidote to stopping Philly the rest of the season on any level. Just That's what I thought. Yeah. I thought it was a little funky, weird island game that yeah. happens. Division, Division game. Division game, yeah. Probably should have won. That kind of got ripped off a little bit, too. Absolutely. I mean, that Brandon Graham play. Well, check out the Monday night recap. I mean, that uh, Washington though, played well. Give, give Taylor his flowers. I mean, Absolutely. you call Taylor Heineke the worst quarterback in the league. I, I just I, don't, I don't oh. see that. I'm just because there's so many other terrible that, quarterbacks that was, right now. Without a doubt, is be- not only his best game of the year, I would say his best game since uh, that playoff game. His when he, when he popped up, and celebrated the really uh, well. the the Brandon Graham penalty. <laughs> it was one of the more unintentionally funny moments yes. of the season. It was great. Yeah, I will. That I <laughs> I was thinking that too. Like most of the season will wash away from your mind, but I think a couple of years from now we will actually remember Taylor Heineke celebrating. I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. All right, let's take a break and bring in our guest. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. But Nixon's been all over it, man. Like chili and cheese on some spaghetti noodles, baby. Change his name to Shakira, man. Whatever, whatever, wherever. That guy's ready to play some football. They're feisty. They're salty. How did he get that thing through there? Like trying to fit a camel in a matchbox, Kevin. Look at this window. <laughs> like Zyrtec, like Prilosec. Ask your doctor about Skoronic. Side effects may include catches in the flat, gains of eight yards. I mean, Shelton's clearing out defenders faster than a teenager clears his search history on his web browser. Holy smoke. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you put them all next to each other. They're even better. Uh, welcome back. One of the joys of this NFL season for us, other than Jonathan Vilma using the Lord's name in vain once again hmm. in the booth, <laughs> Jesus Christ. is this man, our guest today, uh, former NFL quarterback, USC legend turned color man for Fox, Mark Sanchez. What is up, Mark? 
Oh, guys, uh, I'm doing great. Thanks. For, I need that clip, actually. Uh, that was pretty That was pretty good. When you put them back to back like that. Well, you know. That's pretty funny. Let's That's start funny. because it's become on the show, uh, we say Sundays with Sanchez, and let's play the let's latest go. clip. And, I, you know, all these different turns of phrase uh, really stand out to us. Let's like let's play one from Sunday's game between the Bears and Lions when Justin Fields was going off. It looks effortless when he's running and he just separates from defenders. I mean, shoot, forget separation. Those things look like a divorce. <laughs> so the question that we had starting in week one, Mark, because this has been on our radar for a long time, is does Sanchez have a joke writer? Now, he grew up in Southern California. Mm. He's got Hollywood no, no, ties. No, come on, no. Is this from Sanchez or somebody come helping him now. with his material? No, these are uh, – I have two older brothers, and my dad are uh, – you know, they have these silly phrases. My dad's had them forever. I find myself using them now that uh, I'm a dad, and my, you know, comedy just went off a cliff. <laughs> you know, as soon as you become a father, it just totally ends. And uh, so – you know, stuff like uh, he dropped him like a bad habit or, uh, you know, hit him like a Mack truck or whatever. Any of these kind of sayings and phrases um, I- I've heard for a while. Uh, some of them I'll, I'll peruse. I'll listen to a lot of comedy specials and you kind of piece together a couple different routines yeah. and stuff. But I like to go into a game with a, maybe one or two. And if the situation, you know, makes sense without trying to force something, great. But a lot of them come up you know, just kind of on the spot or in the weekend thinking about, you know, the chili on the noodles. It's obviously Cincinnati native thing. I had one for Seattle that I've been saving. But last week I told you right before we came on, just I kind of clammed up, you know, and I'm disappointed um, oh. because the run game for the Lions, you know, I was going to drop a Leo DiCaprio revenant line <laughs> saying, you know, they're getting up inside that bear. And that bear defense, like Leo DiCaprio and the Revenant, you know what I'm saying? Ugh, Curling up inside there, gorgeous. getting physical. And so I thought it was a good one. And, <laughs> you know, I'm getting heat from Kugler. And we had a new producer uh, on the deal because our producer was in Munich. And so we we're kind of like workshopping it. And, you know, if we do it that long and it takes that long in a conversation, <laughs> it's out. And I feel like I'm forcing, uh, you know, square peg round hole. So, um, but but I feel like I I left an opportunity out on the field. You know, it's not just the players and coaches. Sometimes the color you got to use it though. Up. And the listeners of the Around the NFL podcast, when you do the Bears again at some point and you use it, oh, it'll be a win to, to yeah. all of our listeners. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and by the way, just since we're on the topic and you're telling us your process a little bit, I think the teenager clear the search history one is, is your Bohemian Rhapsody. I, I think I, I think that is your all-time classic. Did Like when you yeah. said that, and I know that get pick, got picked up on Twitter, not just by us, like does the producer yeah. get in your ear and say, hey, what was that? Or it was like, oh, that was amazing. Do you get any pushback for any of your – Oh, no. Yeah. I heard the talk back. They were all laughing. They said, you know, <laughs> basically the, the higher-ups at, at Fox and any, you know, national broadcasting network – they're like, you know, we don't want to major in uh, internet porn jokes or references, you know. It's probably not, like, what we're here for. But at the same time, you know, that was – it was well-timed. It fit the situation. It was really funny. But I – you know, my defense was, listen, uh, Mar- Mariota, Marcus Mariota fell down and then got up, completed a pass, and I think it was like a two-point conversion or a touchdown in that game. And I said, geez, I've heard the Philly special. I've heard this, that, or the other, you know. But that was the Lazarus special. He brought that thing back to life, you know. And, um, and 
So I said, listen, I did the biblical side. I did the internet mm. porn side. You know, I got a wide range here. You're diverse. Find you a guy who can do both, you know? Very nice. I am looking at the uh, the newspapers behind you, Mark, and you have some oh, set up yeah. from the New York Post and the Daily News yeah. back when yeah. you were owning that town. I was living uh, in Manhattan uh, when you were drafted and, and throughout your time uh, w- with the Jets. People – I'm sitting next to a big time Jets fan here, Dan. I don't know if you if you know that, and we I'm sure we would have gotten to that. But you were like, it you it was a big thing, the Mark Sanchez Jets period. And I think back to that days, and I think about this NFL season, and I think Geno Smith actually has a connection to those days, Mark, that he was there he sure in, in your final year. And I'm just curious, watching you watching him, and you're, you've done one of his games, at least one of them. Uh, like, yeah. are you surprised? Like, w- what are you thinking? And what w- what was your experience with them back then? Well, absolutely. I had so many questions for him because uh, I was fortunate enough to call one of his games. And I knew, I know what Pete can do for your confidence, for the mental game in between mm-hmm. your ears. And that sometimes is more important. That eight to 10 inches, depending on your hat size, in between your ears is more important at times than that actual football field. And mastering that and, and getting yourself in a position where you're jumping out of your skin on game day mm-hmm. to go play. And you know you're confident in your abilities. The way we're watching him throw on the run and flip his hips, and you could tell he's really worked his mechanical side. He's, he looks so much better physically, the definition in his arms. Uh, he, I said it on air, but and I said it to him in the Zoom, so I'm not like giving away anything, but when he came in as a rookie – he still had like a little bit of that like skinny fat, like baby fat, kind of like doughy body a little bit. And I mean, now it looks like freaking holla bread on the, on this freaking <laughs> deltoid right there. Like, Oh, like, damn dude, you, what's going on here. And, and I said, you know, total makeover quarterback edition. And <laughs> it's because it's because of the work he put in. And the first thing he said to me right after he went and just, you know, went on and on about how great coach Carroll has been for him. But he goes, dude, I've had all this time. I've been in the weight room and I've been in the film room. That's it. <laughs> He's like, and I've just been working my butt off and I got to see Philip Rivers. I got to see Eli Manning. I got to see uh, Russell Wilson do it for a long time. And I knew that at some point, and he said before this season, he's like, I'm taking somebody's job. That's what he said to us. I'm taking somebody's job. I don't care who it is. I don't care where it is. He didn't know it was going to be Russ. He didn't know Russ was going to get shipped off, but he just, that was his mentality. Like, I'm going to get back. This is the year it's going to happen. And it's really all come to fruition. And, and he really credited Coach Carroll. He credited that team. And, and the way they're playing is exactly the way Coach Carroll can prepare a team. Hmm. And, I mean, every time we went out on the field at SC, felt like we were the 85 Bears, man. Like, the other team didn't have a chance. Like, we were going to just roll everybody. And that's that's what he does for your confidence. He's a psych major from the University of Pacific, man. He knows how to – get inside your brain and get you motivated. And he's done a beautiful job. I know they dropped one uh, in uh, in Germany, but they're still playing well. I think you do do a great job of, you know, painting the character, telling the story. And that's really what your job is. And, you know, through the years, we've all been watching football for decades. I can't think of the laundry list of ex-quarterbacks that have come in to become color commentators. And you find out a year or two in, even though they have all this information, their ability to 
characterize the game, to describe the game, to give it to the fan in a way that teaches them is not everyone's skill. You you have I see when in you um, an enthusiasm that sort of has a little bit of Tony Romo to it, mm-hmm. and you do a nice job just communicating what's happening on the field. Like, how did you know, or that, <laughs> when did you know you wanted to do this, and how did you get capable at it so quickly? It's it's a lot harder than people realize. Well, I think people have to realize that you do get to see the play four times, right? And if you play for as long as I play, I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm saying if you played for the amount of time I played, that Tony played, that Troy Aikman played, you see the live game, somebody, either you have a clicker and you immediately rewind the all 22 from the sideline shot, and then I have a delay camera from the high end zone or sometimes sky cam that's, that's cut slot to slot, right? So I essentially see the play four times, Hmm. once live, once in reverse, once again on all 22, and then once again from the end zone. So to me, as a competitor and and the, you know, jerk I can be at times with myself and and how, you know, just I I get competitive. I'm like, if I don't know how to diagnose the play after four times, like (laughs) get your ass out of the booth. You don't belong here. Number one. So schematically, you know, what what's the purpose of that play? I have a pretty good idea of where we're going, then everything else um, is how much I love this game, how much I put into it, how much I prepare. And and I have a great team around me. Kevin Kugler's like freaking John Stockton, man, just sets me up consistently. And he's so steady. I thought, um, you know, his coming out party really were, were those two London games. My man was on fire and just <laughs> nails the whole broadcast in between, like, in between, I wish he, there was a camera on us at times because I'll, like, hit the cough button and I'm looking at Kevin and I'm, you know, dropping an F-bomb. Like, are you effing kidding me? Let's go. You know, like, I'm fired up because I know what those QBs are going through. And every time the ball leaves your index finger, right, that's the last finger to touch the damn ball, it's like the hopes and dreams and aspirations and wishes and everything in that entire franchise – Mm. is spiraling through the air. You know what I mean? Based on your decision, what you saw, your footwork, all your preparation, everything. And so I'm like hanging on those as a fan, as a former player, and now a broadcaster. And so I try and, I try and you know, get that through the microphone and, and get it to people. I think it's – hopefully it's fun and hopefully people enjoy it. It's an awesome answer. And uh, uh, really you've been doing an amazing job. But before we let you go, and, and Greg had mentioned I'm a – I'm a Jets fan, so please humor me as I hit the rewind button. Back to your playing days. I'm going to set the stage here, Mark. Oh, dear. 2010. No, we're not talking Snoopy Bowl. Don't worry. 2010 okay. AFC Championship game. Jets trail Steelers 24-19. Two minutes on the clock. Pittsburgh has third and six. New York out of timeouts. Big Ben rolls right. Finds a young receiver named Antonio Brown for the first down. Game over. Rex throws down his headset. The Jets were down 24-3 in the half of that game before you, Mark Sanchez, got scorching hot in the second half. And I maintain that if Mark Sanchez, this Mark Sanchez on our show right now, gets the ball back one more time, the Jets go to the Super Bowl and history is forever altered for this star-crossed franchise. I want to know if you ever think about that third and six because, Mark Sanchez, I think about it all the time. Uh, So... As an offensive player, <laughs> I don't think about the third and six. I think about the goal line stand. Mm, yep. I think about the sack fumble before halftime, where in hindsight, 
I mean, what were we really trying to get out of that drive? Like we could have handed it off. And I think we were just trying to bite off more than we could chew. We had, I mean, we just got our ass handed to us that first half and that's okay. Like even when you admit it, like, boom, get to the truth of it and move on. Cause you got 10 to 15 minutes at halftime to really figure it out, you know, get your second plan or second half plan together. Um, so those two stick out a little more to me. Um, gosh, uh, it feels like that game, you just, you run out of time. You don't lose. And that's such a cop out and whatever, but that's like how competitive you are about those things. Cause yes, when I do think about them, Oh buddy, it stinks. It stinks. And that was, <laughs> we've, uh, we've heard that exact sequence on this teams. show many times from, yes. from uh, Dan, yes. the yeah, Antonio we, Brown play. Well, just, just think of happier memories. Think of, you know, San Antonio Holmes and Sean Green beating my Patriots the the week before and yourself, of course. Oh, you know? Man, that was fun too. That yes, fun it, too. yes, it was. I'm forty two years old, Mark, and that is the highlight of my fandom in my life is you going to Foxborough <laughs> and taking out the fourteen and two Belichicks. But that's the past. The future and the present is now. Mark says Sanchez, a rising star in the booth, and we thank you for so much for taking some time and uh and chopping it up with us. We appreciate it, buddy. Thank you. Absolutely. Let's do it again, guys. See you, right. Mark. There he goes, the great Mark Sanchez. Loved it. That was great. Loved I don't know. I feel like back in the early days of NFL.com for you and me, Mark, he came to the studio once, and I remember kind of being in awe uh, at that time in my life. And now just to, to talk to him, and, and I thought that was a great question. You had. That's a great question, Mark. You're doing great journal-wise Thank today. You. But his answer, like I get to look at the play four different ways, like that was all kind of yeah, pretty I, enlightening I, uh, to me. I did do back in the day when we did long forms and stuff too, this one where I – canvassed like 13 different announcers and how they prepared and like I just wanted to learn from it and that answer is different than anyone else told me I think that's fascinating that that's happening during the game and I think he nailed it like he is super engaging um his love for the sport is I think you got to have it as an announcer you, you can't you can't be coasting and he doesn't and I think he's one of the more exciting developments on the microphone Based on what he just told and us. And he's gotten better. Like, I, I liked his enthusiasm and love for the game. And that really translates. And you think all these guys love the game. Of course they love the game at their heart. Or else they wouldn't be there. They wouldn't have risen to where they are. But some of them don't seem to love broadcasting as much. or It, 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 it feels like a job. Or some of them are just more serious or self-serious in that like their love of football doesn't translate in the same way. And ultimately, isn't it? it's like an entertainment uh, product that it's more entertaining yeah. to have a guy who likes his job. And I, I was going to say to Mark, if we had more time, he's, he's really Mark lucky. Mark with a K. Mark with a K. Yeah. He's very lucky as Coogler. They're a great combination and he could have gotten stuck and I'm not going to name names but there's some play-by-play guys out there that are very stiff maybe Look, they've been in the game too long some maybe old war not. horses out there maybe not some young, younger ones maybe are more serious too and they wouldn't be they wouldn't be laughing along and kind of play up to it as well as Kugler is and that's something you need it network should do more of as we uh, as we talk announcers it's like they should groom teams together instead of kind of looking at it like like switching them all the time. I think they well, want to do that ultimately and this team is a good team I was going to ask him like do you have to like your broadcast partner because oh, yeah. I'm sure that's just not I mean really like him outside and it sounds like they get along in, in fa- think, fantastic fashion I, you, know, you can tell like, like yeah. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. I yeah. mean, that's at the top of the food chain in this BFS. conversation. You could tell there's a relationship there, and I think that only helps. And on that point, we do from time to time do like announcer booths. We we figure out which one's the best. But we usually we've never done it by you take out 
the Monday Night Football booth? Why don't we take out the Sunday Night Football booth? Mm. Why don't we take out the TNF booth? All mm, very talented. They're, they're, they're new. I, high, I do want to talk about we them We can at get some to point. it. Okay. Just, just wait until the offseason. We planned this before the show. I'm we not saying the ranking. I'm just <laughs> like saying we, all we can discuss like that this is the we're conversation at the, the mid-season report. Great. Um, let's even take out the number one guys on Sunday. So get Jimmy and Tony out of the conversation. Um Who's number one on Well, Fox, Olsen so? is a new group. That's what's kind of interesting, and he's Burkhart, the number one. Burkhart, he, Olsen. he got there the same time as Sanchez last year. So let's talk about the other guys. Let's talk about the the, the announcers that um, most of us here, uh, whether you're, when you're following your own team, it's not always these, these big spotlight announcers because I want to start with, you know, we're talking about Sanchez and what a great job uh, Kugler does setting him up. Um, another team I like on the – that's, I think, unsung because I think Sanchez – and Kugler are unsung at this point. I know that we're pumping them up, uh, but they deserve more love as a team on the rise. And CBS, I love, love, love. I've always liked uh, Ian Eagle going back to his days at WFAN. Uh, but um, this is a colleague of ours, but I think Charles Davis gets slept on big time. When Eagle and Charles Davis are on a call together with Evan Washburn, who's excellent downstairs, um, that is a game that you know is in good hands. So if I think my rising star is Kugler Sanchez, I think on the CBS side, the team I feel most comfortable with outside of the big names, uh, what are they? What was their name? It wasn't Bird in the Beard. It used to be back in the day with Eagle. Bird in the Beak? Bird in the Beak, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, Eagle Davis. I, I'm, I'm totally with you because, yeah. I mean – not to go off on a tangent, but Wes and I were huge Iron Eagle fans would walk around crowded taverns asking <laughs> um, groups of people if they thought that Iron Eagle was underrated and people didn't know what we were talking about. But Charles Davis, I think, is not a hot take guy. I think he's just extremely knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. And we you know, we know him initially as a draft nick. I mean, he's so he understands where all these players came from. He's a great communicator. And I think it's just like what Sanchez talked about. Iron Eagle is an excellent table setter and Charles Davis knows what to do with it. And Washburn, I think the sideline guy matters, and Washburn's excellent. He, he, Ian Eagle adds a lot, though, too. He has his absolutely. own little flares, and he makes the moment feel bigger. That's why they're number two. One thing with this exercise looking at the rankings, I kind of thought was like, all the rankings seem about right. I'm glad. I'm really glad they In made In terms of who's the A team, the right. B team. Because Ian Eagle and Charles Davis are getting a playoff game. They're not going to be – they're not that under the radar anymore. They got that bump, I think, last year, and um, they're – like a great, I'm totally with you. He's he's so prepared, and the two of them together are a joy to listen to. And Olsen was kind of in that spot last year as the number two team, right. and they bumped him up, and you learn so much. Like Olsen and, and Charles Davis maybe don't have like the humor that a, that a Sanchez or, or even a Romo have, but they're still like How about really Sanchez enjoyable. says, I watch comedy specials and take notes. That, that is incredible. I think he's leaning into his personality. And I, what I like about Charles Davis <laughs> is... He also knows he's a da- it's dad humor. A lot, yeah. of these, a lot of these guys, when they try to be funny and they're not naturally humorous, it is a massive whiff and it's a, and it's a tough a listen. That's a great Damashekism. He's, he's always been known to say like, nobody that, you know, everyone thinks they're funny. Everyone thinks there's a little bit of them that, that's funny and that, and that comes out. Uh, but a lot of people are not funny, and right. that's when you get hit with like groaners. Absolutely, right? It's the one groaners. thing that everyone believes that they have, and yes. I always remember sense hearing of humor. Cynthia yes. Freeland's response because she was there once. She's like, "I don't think I'm funny. I've never." The out- there's always an outlier. Okay. I was like, "Okay." <laughs> in the data, and by the way, the reason I like Evan Washburn, other than him being really good at the job, imagine like a well-adjusted Patrick Bateman 
uh, on your sideline as the uh, mm. guy on the field. Sure. Like he's like tremendously put together. It was his birthday earlier <laughs> in the season. They brought a cake down to him like happy birthday, Evan Washburn. And you could tell he doesn't ingest a calorie that has any level of sugar. No, the cake was taken that, right it, away. It, his body rejects it. So he did like a little like lick of it. And it was like, wow, he's going to punish himself for that. <laughs> He's going to do 7,000 crunches when he gets home. A well-adjusted Patrick Bateman. I mean, That's lot, not Patrick yeah. Bateman at it that was, point. It That's was 80% the, of Patrick Bateman not existing. And it was the bird and the beard. That was the previous team of Eagle and Dan Fouts, who's no oh, longer Oh, right, Fouts, yeah. Around. I think the only other like under-the-radar group, it's not that under-the-radar for us, that I always like is Kenny Albert and Vilma. And so I think yeah. Fox overall is deeper. Mm-hmm. If, we had, if we had 45 minutes with Sanchez, I would have asked – an, an uncomfortable question whether there's a rivalry and him and Vilma are jostling elbows. We don't have to like always next... ask uncomfortable yeah. questions when our guests come on. <laughs> That's like for the yeah. second the second Dave time. Dave Singer in the talent booking department needs us to be. No, we need to trust. He That's needs to trust us. That's not a goofy question. I yeah. think he, you know, he played against Jonathan Vilma, and I'm sure he's competitive. And Jonathan Vilma, I'm sure, is competitive too. And they're teammates ultimately at, at Fox, and I'm, I'm sure they've had that sort of conversation. They are. Um, <laughs> They're great, too, because Jonathan Vilma has a defensive perspective, and he brings a ton of energy. And Kenny Albert, to me, is like great Albert. He's and good. very Is distinctive. that Marv's brother? It's Marv's brother, right? It's his son. Kenny's Marv's son. I, I, I will check that, but I yeah, believe it's Marv his son. Albert's like Marv in Albert his 80s is, there. Is yeah. not of, There's um, no way they're the same age. age no Kenny one knows Albert. Kenny Albert's true age either. <laughs> I mean, Kenny Albert has adult children he himself. He is. He's the so. son of yeah. legendary NBA sports coach. He's a good Marv straight Albert. man, just like Marv Albert was. I mean, he does a nice job with Vilma. It's again, it's I was just, confusing it's like, it with Steve Albert. Sure. That he's got that Marv's voice, brother. though, too. And he has little wry jokes. He's kind of like an Iron Eagle as well. And it's good to have the different perspectives. Like Greg Olson is amazing at route combinations because he's a receiver. And it's good to have non-quarterbacks, I think, in the booth sometime. And Vilma is very good, unsurprisingly, on defensive play and, like, off-ball linebacker play. And you just, like, don't get that. And so if you can teach me a little something and you're having fun doing it, like he clearly is, I'm a big fan. Do you think it's cheating that – I guess they're the number one team. But Burkhardt and Olsen get Aaron Andrews and Tom Rinaldi on the sidelines? I think they're – I mean, that's a bit of a cheat code. Shouldn't you just get the one sideline reporter? Yeah. I think I think it's you're getting the you're getting the games in theory where both both teams matter so much. I mean that happened on Thursday night football for years for for Troy or not or at least with the Fox crew for the last couple of years they would have Christina Pink there mm-hmm. and Troy and Joe. Do we do we get two on on Monday night football these days? I don't know. That's a good question. Who do they throw downstairs to? Lisa, Lisa Salters. Salters. I yeah. think she's solo. She's solo. It's not an easy job, by the way. You chase the PR guys down. Mm. Tell us more. Well, I talked to Peter Schrager, my friend, for that article about his work as a sideline guy. Schrager's work down You've this side. You've them. You've gotten so much material out of all your good long forms. I think it's time to do another. It's like time. just because it, you're only going to end up reusing it over. Time for and me over. to do one. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're a wonderful scribe, Mark. You have a way with words. You've obviously created in- incredible content for the digital side in the past. I think it's more the time to share your I got a lot going on right now. I don't have time to write a long form. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. I think we're missing someone very important in this mix. Who? Who? I think Kevin Harlan is a, a word spinner oh, and one of the great thank you. poets. And I mean, I, Trent Green, eh. Trent Green, eh. maybe I kind of wonder um, if you paired Harlan with someone entirely different, I wonder what would happen there. Um, 
It's not personal to Trent Green. I just I've, I think that Harlan is si- sort of unmatched at what he does. There's no one like Kevin Harlan. I'm just thinking because we've done this exercise in some form in a while, and like it always circles back to to me or someone kind of half burying Trent Green. I'm not. I I don't intend to do that. I think he's just he's. That's what I, yeah. Good at what he does. I just think Kevin Harlan, Harlan is, is it's a, uh, who do you put with Kevin Harlan? There hasn't been a lot of turnover. Excellent. I haven't seen those like deep teams. Uh, this, this season, there's not a lot we of have some fresh blood. He's walking. He's walking to the three. <laughs> He's at the two. And the, the cat, cat is, is in the, the CDW red zone. CDW people who get it now, a policeman, a state trooper has come on the field. And the cat runs into the end zone. That is a touchdown. <laughs> Well, he's also. Do we have the guy who's drunk by any chance? He was a guest on this show too. Yeah. He was great. Great. Harlan was a great sport as well. Um, remember what he told us that in his in it to to keep his passion and love of the game alive. That in his hotel room before kickoff, he blasts NFL films music on loop. I love it. That's the that passion. Guy. Yeah, you can't hide the passion. All right, let's take a break, and then uh, hit. The Thursday night football game. Ooh. Good app. Good app. All right. We'll be right back. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, welcome back. All right, let's do it. It's week 11, and it starts with a great game. The Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans just know how to win games. That was pretty good Berman. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, no, am I turning into Chris Berman? Uh, uh, Slowly but surely. Got the custom suit. You got yeah. it. Oh, and stumbling. Uh, yes, the Tennessee <laughs> Titans uh, travel to Lambeau Field to face the Packers. And we all know the last time a uh, supposed, supposed conference contender went to Green Bay, uh, they went home with the loss, the Cowboys on Sunday. So now in a short week, Tennessee um, takes on the Packers. And a reminder, this TNF preview is presented by Prime Video, the new exclusive home for Thursday Night Football. And, uh, Greg, this is a Tennessee team that probably could have – they're a little annoyed right now, I'm sure. It's like we, we got just barely got Tannehill back on the field. He did a nice job for us, got a W, was limping on the field, and now we got to turn around and play four days later. So he's probably still going to be somewhat limited – uh, but I guess it's the story of this game might be that defense and whether it could shut down Aaron Rodgers coming off a really good game with that running game that's revitalized. Right. I'm I'm done doubting the Titans based on who is going to play or how many snaps they've played. For instance, the quarterback's di- a little different to me, but okay. Right. I agree with that. Yeah. But they do have Tannehill. And yes. as you mentioned on the Sunday night recap, I thought he played uh, well, especially the last two and a half quarters of that game. Like, he makes such a difference. From but that final possession of the first half on, I, I agree with you. Right. Bud Dupree, we don't know if he's going to play as of taping. Jeffrey Simmons, who's their best defensive player, we don't know if he's going to tape. And yet they have they had 40 pressures on Russell Wilson. I think they had like 20 alone between like guys you never even heard of. Demarcus Walker in that game. Mario Edwards is going crazy. They they were I always say it. They really do remind me more of the old Patriots than any 
team that's ever Brable effect. Like, came from that uh, team. And that's like when you're missing your stars, like guys you don't know just step in and they're great. So I expect the defense to give them uh, a lot of problems. And I expect like Tennessee to make this a fun, close game. I'm not quite buying that Green Bay is ready to just take off and soar. That felt like... Mike McCarthy's coming to town. The Cowboys are coming to town. We're all fired up. We had a great comeback performance. Show it to me again before I really believe this is going to be consistent. Yeah, I want to see it again. I mean, I, I think it was a great sign to have someone step up as a wide receiver for Green Bay and it, to, to, to have that narrative play out. Is it there week to week? I don't know. I mean, the Titans defense, I just can't stop thinking about what they did to the Chiefs. I know that was a bitter loss, but that's the only game where they allowed even 20 points dating back to week four. I mean, they, their defense is legit. You said it doesn't matter who's in or out of the lineup. There are a lot of injuries right now, but they're, they're a super resilient team. And I really like the matchup of Derrick Henry getting back on track after you know tough Broncos defense. The Green Bay defense is the 30th run defense in DVOA. They have been stormed on week after week outside of that one little strange aberration contest with the with the Bucks, where the Bucks ran for 34 yards because they didn't even try to run. Everyone else has galloped on Green Bay at will. Yeah, and that's, I think, the key to the game right there because if Derrick Henry does one of his, like Aaron Rodgers is always great in prime time and Thursday Night Football, he, I think he has 18 touchdowns, one interception, seven and two lifetime. But we've seen a lot of huge Derrick Henry games as well on this type of stage. And if he does his thing, you know, I think with the Packers, it's so what what's been missing from the Packers offense like the yes, they've not been as reliant on the running game as perhaps they should be. But also what happened with Christian Watson in that game, that's it. Like they've needed someone to step up. And I think it is maybe asking a lot after the guy did nothing for two months now to just like lock him in our Christian Watson. He's the guy we can count on. But that's kind of what the Packers need. They need him or someone to make those big plays. And when they don't, they're stuck in mud. And when Rodgers has someone to work with, they can fly. It's crazy how reliant, though, they are on the run to set up those big plays. I mean, Rodgers, even in that comeback, there was I, I read how 28 to 14 down, the play calling the rest of the way was something like 15 or 16 runs and 11 passes. And that was increasing the amount of passes that he had. So even when they were trailing, they stuck to it. And I think they will stick, stick to it. I think the Titans are are good defending the run. Tell me if I'm wrong or not. Uh, but I still would rather run on the Titans than, than try to throw. I know Brave they're bang, banged up in the back end. Christian Fulton, we don't know if he's going to play. But they always find a way to get free rushers with stunts and hit quarterbacks like no matter who's back there. Yeah, the Titans' run defense after the first two still weeks fun. of the season still first. Wow. was bad, but now they are they have really stepped it up. And Jeffrey Simmons said on Tuesday that he feels a lot better. He's hopeful that he can play on Thursday. He feels a lot better than he did last week. So that would be huge for the Titans' middle of the, uh, defensive front. I think whoever stops the run better in this game is the team that's going to win. Cause oh. both well, that of these, should be the Titans. I, both of these teams are going to stick to the run, I think, and whoever's in is like— he gonna? More third and eight. Is he going to do it? Is he going to oh, do I it? I think he should. Does he actually like his team? Let's no, go. Uh, I'm not going to do it. The reason yeah. is I haven't uh, really looked at the rest of the slate, and I don't want to uh, do what Dan yes, do I don't not make, make it. You can always change it you, by Thursday. You can uh, dive into it now and no, then alter No, we don't like doing the pick. change thing. That's true. I like him playing okay. this that way. Okay. They, they could use fresh bodies, too, because I, I just did some math. I believe 
They had 91 snaps against uh, the Chiefs on defense, and then 73, which is a huge number against Denver, too. That's 164 snaps in two weeks. That's essentially three games, and now they have a short week. So I know they're tough, but on defense especially, they could use a game where the Tennessee offense isn't going three and out for a quarter and a half like they were a week ago. The Packers also coming off an overtime game, which is obviously a lot of extra snaps with a big emotional win to to snap a five game losing streak that this is like a setup for both teams to have potential letdowns with a lot of emotional mm. does you it know, you're baggage. playing the, is he going to do it green bay's playing the <laughs> eagles next week like i mean they they every week is essentially their season this on is the a must have game for yeah. green bay i think i or at least they got to split one of these two games uh is it strange to you justin that the tennessee titans are playing on a thursday night and it's not against the Colts or the Jaguars for the first time since 1996. <laughs> that is not true. They stopped that stupid series in like 2018. I think was the last. I, don't know. I feel like it's been a lot of like Derrick Henry running over a Some... AFC South team for the last 12 years. Do you worry about My the Titans? Word. Like like oh. coming from you know placid little Nashville into. <laughs> Nighttime green Bay little, weather. Was it, you've been to Nashville recently? The last, it's, in, it's in the Midwest. The last, <laughs> the last time the Titans played at Lambeau in primetime was two years ago on Sunday Night Football, and they lost forty to fourteen. All right, Ooh. so well, that's a different Packers team. Oh, yeah. I remember that yeah. game. Yeah. That was ugly. It was. Ugly. Can, can I ask a, a Titans question? How come they don't build a little more of the offense? Out of my guy. Yes, I'm submitting uh, for proposal here. Whatever. I don't know out. how it works. Chig Conquo. Whenever they give Conquo the Chig. ball, I get excited. I think that Oconco. is Jonu Smith, who I used to love in Tennessee. It's like a juiced up Jonu Smith. Build the whole plane yeah. out of Conquo. He's averaging 20.1 yards per catch, and he leads. He leads the Titans. He leads the Pretty Titans good. in total yards after catch, despite being like sixth in receptions or something. Maybe even worse than that. Um, he's George Kittle. He I is, don't know who he is. He is dynamic with the ball in his hands, and they need to get it to him more. They don't have a receiver over 300 yards. It's week 10. <laughs> they don't have anyone on pace for more than 505 yards. That A.J. Like Brown Robert trade Woods. worked. I am also out of the uh, Thursday Night Football um, lock business, but this, the dumb, an increasingly dumb decision to fork the Green Bay Packers in mid-November is going to look even worse. Thursday you can't night. play both sides of this fence. It's ridiculous. Yes, you can. did fork them. I can. Or it's going to look you great. You could have locked them up last no. week. You felt so confident. Uh, no. You know why? You know why I can? Because yeah. I went on record before the Packers played another game. I'm not saying I I bear responsibility right, I'm just for the fork. saying either way, you're right. We would have forgotten about that. But I'm telling you, they're going to win again. And okay. Within ten days, we're going to be like. Why, why did you agree woof. to to the lock though? Because it needed to be unanimous. I don't and know. You, just, you join. You join I think arm I arm with, with us. I no, think, that was one that we just. I don't think you'd give in to I pressure felt, from. We, that I was one that just like kind of went easy. In that case, in I that did case, feel. I was on the fence about it too. I don't remember pressuring you. I think it was Sessler. I think Mark's Packers hate infected me. It went into my bloodstream. The well, NFC- then I'm, I have more power than I realize. The NFC is your- tricky, though. Like, the good vibes last until Thursday <laughs> night if you're not correct. If they're 4-7, and seven, like, the, these good vibes did not last long. It was long like yet. a black goo that was going across the glass, and then it just, like, seeped in under my fingernails. It's like... That black goo does not come from me. You got to be worried, though. That you've seen this story before. <laughs> in fact, Aaron Rodgers authored this story That's a drop. before. <laughs> In you the, authored this story before? In the, like, the relax season, yes, oh, right. where they were well, under they, 500. I feel like they've done they this six times. Run. And they've done it. It's not going to be the case every time. Um, I, don't, I don't believe in it. I don't believe in it because of the defense. All right, so that's it. 
Green Bay timeout. <laughs> okay. We are not on a tugboat timeout of the Packers at this stage. Um, we're all in, in fact. So that's it. That was the TNF preview presented by Prime Video. The new era of Thursday Night Football is officially here, and it's only on Prime Video. Thank you to Mark Sanchez. How fun was that? It's great. Uh, thank you for everybody for listening and watching, and we will be back on Thursday with a full preview of all the Week 11 games to come. Till then, heed the call. Third and four, looks into the nickel of San Francisco in the secondary. Hey, somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. He's bare-chested and banging his chest. Now he runs the opposite way. He runs at the 50. He runs at the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. The 20, they're chasing him. They're not going to get him. Waving his arms, bare-chested. Somebody stop Look that out. man. Here comes the blue coat. Oh, Kevin. they got him. Here comes they're coming the blue from the coat. left. Oh, and they tackle him at the 40-yard line. Oh, that was the most exciting thing to happen tonight. I tell you what, that was a great call on your part. <laughs> that was a great call. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.